Hi, this is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. That's right. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Boylan, and I am here tonight. <laughs> it's been it's been a night so far, guys. It has been a night so far because we have a full cockpit tonight. We have the entire Clashing Sabers team on this episode. So prepare your ear holes. It's going to be awesome. First off, First off, we have the man who pretends he has a plan, but really he's just winging it. No, we're not talking about Han Solo. Ladies and gentlemen, the Drew Brett. Oh, good morning. This is going to be an exciting uh, hour and a half or three hours. Who knows? It is good to be back. You know, traveling through hyperspace ain't like, ain't like dust and crops, so could take us a while. Yeah. Uh, and in the gunner seat is the one who is flyer than Wedge Antilles and has more fans than Will Rowe Hood. It's the Lady of Lore, Lindsay. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I feel like I need to really emphasize that last yeah, part. Yeah, really put some <laughs> oomph on that. <laughs> sir. <laughs> All right. And also with us, he is the revenge of the Sith of our team. That's right. He started out awesome and gets better with age. Boys and girls, it's Mark Marquis. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. And finally, she's the tie-fighting, ship-stealing, po-squealing, baby Yoda-buying, son of a Gundark. Woo! It's Adriana. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing that energy. Hi, hi. I'm just kidding. Hi. (laughs) Really bringing us home here. (laughs) Way to round it out there, Adriana. I really like. I took the time to really plan your intro. Did a little Ric Flair impression for you, and you're like, "Hey, <laughs> what's up, yo?" So, guys, uh, tonight we are going to be talking about Star Wars. Surprise! Uh, but no, actually, we are going to be celebrating Star Wars with a Star Wars celebration, of course, unfortunately not happening. Uh, and that was supposed to be the first big meetup of the Clashing Sabers team. We said, let's get together and let's still celebrate Star Wars. And so we're going to do that tonight. We are going to talk about our top three favorite fandom moments and in doing so uh have some good conversation about what makes this uh star wars fandom so so special so before we get into that just a couple quick updates of course we have our patreon that i mentioned uh that we have to support our nonprofit efforts in promoting literacy across the country by getting star wars books into classrooms uh we are sending out some care packages here in the very near future i've finally gotten settled into the new place and so i can get that all set up so we have some teachers nice, nice. uh who will be receiving some books that i already have um on the docket but if you would like to nominate someone please uh please do so over at clashingsabers.net you can just click on the menu and find a nominate a teacher button and of course if you want to hop on our patreon and get bonus content plus support a good cause and hopefully uh, change the world for the better, you know, a little bit, kind of like uh, Star Wars teaches us, then you can go over to patreon.com slash clashing sabers. So that taken care of, 
Let's do a uh, a quick round of Star Warsing. And and Adriana, since you're brimming with energy, why don't you go first this time? Okay, so everything is Baby Yoda related. I'm just buying Baby Yoda stuff like all the time. It's a problem. Uh, so Build a Bear <laughs> came out with like this little like carry pouch for your Build a Bear Baby Yoda. So I bought that, and I'm waiting for that. I also may have purchased some outfits for him. <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> and then uh, like there's the cereal been munching on that cereal it's really good um, i'm picturing you going though to build a bear and like dressing baby yoda up as like dr baby yoda one day or a soccer <laughs> player baby yoda <laughs> um <laughs> i actually tell i bought me i'm right no i bought one of the outfits i bought him was a uh, like a little dodgers outfit because oh. it has a little jersey and the the, sh- the little pants with the like the little cleats and the hat. It's I don't very, know if the hat's going to be on brand for you, my dear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been. I don't have to pay my student loans right now, so <laughs> that's where my money's going. So this is what you're hey, doing. You good look. allocation okay, go, go, of go, go, funds. Go. <laughs> <laughs> She's supporting yeah. the economy, guys. Yes, yes. Okay. I'm doing it's called my a, part. It's called the Adriana Stimulus Package. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, since uh, since we haven't chatted in a while, tell us what you've been up to in uh, Star Wars and life as of late. Oh man, um, well, life has been getting crazy. You know, school kicked back in, and I have two kids in elementary school, so I've decided to well, not decided. It's been foisted upon me to become an elementary school teacher, um, which you can imagine is is just fantastic. We've been having a lot of classes on. Uh, Taylor Swift and the poetry that she brings to our lives and all kinds of fun things like that. But we haven't, we've been doing a lot of school stuff, but Star Wars world has been tough, man. Um, all the notifications we've been, I've been getting have been like last year's posts about like, Hey, in a year from today, we'll be going to California. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, sweet summer children that we were. Um, but I don't know if you guys have seen on Twitter, they released a, um, the Dragon Con, Star Wars at Dragon Con is, is kind of occurring over the weekend here. And they have normally at Dragon Con one of the hardest trivia tests you can possibly take. And this year is the first time they've released it to the public. And if you think you know these answers, like you're, if you're kind of one of these people who will like brush off both your shoulders at the trivia things, take 20 minutes and, and read through these 50 questions because it will humble you to no end. It's pretty dang impressive. Um, I got too too scared. <laughs> I got four questions in, and I was like, "Nope, nope, uh, this is not me. I'm not this kind of guy anymore." <laughs> you you made it farther than I did. I made it three questions, and I was like, "I feel I feel like I'm just not going to be able to even watch Star Wars anymore after taking this test." There's a question that's like, "What is Mon Mothma's real name?" And I was like, "I thought it was Mon Mothma." And then I saw Mon Mothma as an answer. I was like, "Okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> Somebody's screwing with me now." It's very, very impressive. But uh, people have been posting scores on Twitter and to see uh, you know, how high people can get. It's 50 questions. I've seen people get into like, the high 40s and whatnot, and that's just uh, uh, unbelievable. I didn't think that would be possible by the end of that one. Have you, has anybody else seen it or taken it yet? I've seen it, but I haven't taken it. I haven't seen it. you got to send it to me. I'll see if I can find it and, and send it to you guys. I would love to see if you guys could... T- you know, see what happens when we if we can all make it through 50 questions because I have no idea some of these questions and that's kind of the fun part about it. 
But that's kind of that's kind of been it for me. I'll, I'll kick it back to you, Brandon, if you want to pass the pass the torch. What real quick does it tell you the answers at the end? Like, does it show you what you got right and wrong? I don't know if it shows you the answers. It shows you your score. Um, okay. I'll see if I can find it and maybe and pass it around to the rest of the gang here. But uh, oh boy. Yeah, let's we'll we'll find it and then uh, post it in the Facebook group. So if you're by the time you're listening to this, it should already be in the Facebook group because I've seen it on Twitter a few times, and I do want to sit down and actually like give it a go. But um, I didn't want to. I was going in prepared for a BuzzFeed quiz, and it was not that. So <laughs> no, it is not. It is it is uh, unbelievably challenging, and that's def- kind of fun. Definitely, definitely is. All right, Mark, what about you? What have you been uh, Star Warsing over these past few weeks of, uh, of the year? Well, like Drew said, it's been a very quiet time. Um, but I did order a... Uh, the book is called Traveler's Guide to Batu, And it is written by a fictitious author. Uh, let me see what his name is here. Elok Throno, Galactic Adventurer. And basically, it's like a traveler's guide to if you were a, a tourist visiting Batu. Tells you all about Black Spire, uh, the things to look for, the stores, some of the uh, characters that populate the settlement. Um, it's just a nice little, uh, I guess you'd call it a ancillary material for Galaxy's Edge. Uh, there's like little, you know, little uh, nuggets of information, such as the fact that. Uh, the DJ in the cantina was uh, a droid that was found crashed in a shuttle pod, and that actual the wreckage of that shuttle pod can actually be seen in Galaxy's Edge. So that's like a little interesting like tidbit. Uh, but other than that, I have been basically pulling out my posters that I bought at last celebration and deciding to go ahead and frame them. I did started that last weekend, and I had this weird ritual where. I buy posters at Celebration, and then they sit in their poster containers for like an entire year or more, and I don't pull them out and start framing them until I get ready to go to another Celebration, and I didn't consciously do that this time, but I thought, hmm, I would have been going to a Celebration this week, and here I am pulling out my posters, so I have some weird internal clock where... I, my, my mind says it's time to, to frame the stuff that you've already bought because you're about to buy new stuff. I don't know. Uh, but that's pretty much, that's been pretty much it. It's like the, uh, you should probably start wearing shirts that if, before you buy new shirts kind of thing. Oh, I totally, I, I will pick out shirts that I know I want to get rid of and then then count the number of shirts that I get rid of so I <laughs> buy that number again. Yes. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Did you check out the Celebration sent out emails about the virtual store that was opening? Did you see anything that piqued your interest? Uh, I didn't see... Come home with me? Well, I didn't see anything that really piqued my interest, but I tend to not, like, go for the store items anyway because that usually involves standing in a very long line, um, and a lot of that stuff tends to be available online later anyway, so... Okay. I didn't give it a look, but, um, uh, you know... I'm sure there's probably one or two items in there that I probably would want to check out. Did so? Do you know if they had like a, a virtual line set up this time, or was it just everybody could get in? Like, how did? Do you know how the, anybody managed that? Because I was like, I'm I'm not even venturing in there. 
It looked like I'm, it was just a website storefront kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. The, I got the email link to create like to activate my account and to log in. And as soon as I activated my account, it let me in, but I didn't really buy anything um just because obviously when like with Star Wars there's so much stuff so I've kind of limited myself to like I'm only going to collect these things um, and there wasn't really anything like that for me so but it, yeah it what was, she's it saying is there was no Baby Yoda stuff in the in the celebration <laughs> store but had there been a hand sanitizer thing with Baby Yoda on it that would have come home with her game on yeah I feel like there was nothing that really like wowed anyone it was it was like they knew early on that everything was going to be canceled, so they just stopped with what they already had. I, yeah, I kind that of makes on sense. Page with this, I don't think they're they they, they were just kind of like, eh, just put something up there and get it out of here. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was anything uh, like new or exciting. It was, you know, there was uh, there's those tiki. Um, glasses that they've been coming out with. Mark, I know you have one or two of those. And there are some new ones of those. I just saw a, uh, a downed AT-AT one pop up on my Twitter feed um, that I don't really know if you would use to as a drink, but it looks like it would be like cool to put like a, a potted plant in or something. Um, it's supposed to be like a punch bowl, right? Yes, I don't know. I couldn't I didn't tell this couldn't think, tell the size I of it. I think that one is a punch bowl. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's that. That would make a or lot plant. more sense. Whatever a punch whatever you're bowl into. That you would have put a potted plant. In. <laughs> <laughs> you know, adats have many uses. Homeownership is very difficult. I get that. It's a, a thing it takes years to get used to. <sighs> you know, I'm just saying, adats have multiple uses. You can ask Ray, okay? So they make good homes. Wow. Okay, okay. Uh, Lame. Points, points for calling them adat, by the way. Dork. No, no, no. It's, it's an ATAT, but we're not here to talk about that. Oh, I'll get into that later. Just, just, <laughs> just you wait. Oh, buckle up, buckle up. Before we get into that, Lindsay, what have you been, uh, been Star Warsing of late? Yeah, nothing totally crazy you know we started getting the comic books back some new books and audio drama so i've just been kind of going through the new stuff as it comes out and is available to me so things are still a little delayed here you know it took me a few days to find dark legends it took me a few days and a few stores to find the uh the new thrawn book but Anything that's digital that I can just download or listen to right away, I've still been keeping up with all of those. So nothing mm. terribly crazy, just trying to, to get whatever I can. Lindsay, did you get the Dr. Afra audio drama? I did. Actually, Brandon and I just recorded our review for that one. and I, I, had, we... I, had, I had trouble downloading it, so I haven't been able to listen to it yet, but I was curious. Yeah. See, I I was able to download it no problem. I just don't really do well with that format. Mm. I kind of always need to be doing something else. Even if I'm listening to a podcast, you know, I'm fiddling around, I'm driving, I'm cleaning, whatever it is. But something like this, I really want to sit and focus on. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those situations where it's like, what do I do with my hands? 
did the, did the the Dooku one that they did like last year or so came out with like a, a printed version of it though, right? As yes, well, and I'm hoping the Afro one does. I wonder. What Although the time I, I will did. say, I personally just liked the Dooku one better. Brandon and I came down on very different places for the audio drama. Really? Um, for Afra? Yeah. But you'll have to just listen to that episode of uh, Don't Burn the Sacred Text. Which will be out this week also. So uh, two, two for the price of one this week. And that so one Jay. is... Um, that audio drama is based on the first volume of the Vader comic. So it's obviously not a one for one because you're getting it from Afra's perspective. So there's, you know, more to it um, from her side of things rather than getting it from Vader's perspective. Uh, And you obviously you can get into her psychology a little more than you do uh, with a a comic book format. But um, so I I just have a feeling uh, that, because the the audio drama format is not new and the story's already been told in comic format, I don't really think we're gonna get a print version of it. But uh, oh, I would interesting, yeah, yeah, it kind of already exists, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just don't I don't know if uh, necessarily that's something that they would put the time into producing. But uh, just as a little preview of uh, of what I said over on that episode. I liked it so much. I really, uh, I think that they should do more with Afra in this format because I think it really works for her. So check out Don't Burn the Sacred Text for that. But I had to talk about what I've been Star Warsing lately because I'm very excited about it and it makes uh, my heart really happy because a few months ago uh, I had been talking about, so actually way back when the, do you guys remember when the uh, Ahsoka ring came out on her universe and it sold out in like 35 seconds i do remember that so i had really wanted it and i was like okay i'll get it eventually not realizing it was going to sell out like that quickly and then never be available again because i was going to get it and just put it on my necklace and so i ever since then i've been wanting like some kind of ahsoka jewelry but you know a lot of the ahsoka jewelry understandably so is like female centric and wouldn't really I couldn't I mean pull it off right so I've been trying to find something that would work with the jewelry I already wear and and stuff and and trying to find something that uh that I could wear and so uh Rock Love in her universe just came out with a new Ahsoka Tano necklace um that has a pendant on it which is Ahsoka's uh, head markings and on the back it says, uh, what does it say here? I'm looking at it. A new day, a new beginning, which obviously is from uh, season seven of Clone Wars. So I was able to snag that, which I'm very excited about, and it is on my necklace for the rest of all eternity. And it just uh, nice. makes me really happy because it's like something I'd been trying to, I'd been trying to find something to uh, to to fill that gap for a while, and there just wasn't really anything out there of. Like, there's a lot of stuff on Etsy and stuff like that, which is awesome. But I wanted something that was a little more like a legit jewelry type of thing. So if it's perfectly on my necklace, it's only about, you know, maybe an inch by an inch. So it's subtle. Um, yeah. So anyways, I'm excited about that. And then awesome. Star Warsing a lot of books, setting up my new studio, all of that fun stuff. Got it almost ready. And uh, I'm I'm gonna have it ready to go with recliner and everything before the premiere of season two of the mandalorian so Mm. i I am ready for it (laughs) but 
we weeks away or something. Uh, yeah, something like that. Which you know, by that point, I'll actually have gotten a paycheck, so that'll be nice because that hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> You know, it's time to move on. Let's keep going. Let's keep this ship flying and let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into our uh, celebration of Star Wars by looking at our top three fandom moments. get into uh, the this episode of uh, our celebration of Star Wars, I wanted to just take a, a brief moment and just say a special thank you to to everybody who has supported uh, this little endeavor we call Clashing Sabers um, and who has, has supported us, whether you're listening to the podcast or uh, you're part of the Facebook group or Patreon or uh, especially if you um, are on Patreon or you were a part of our first fundraiser, um, either in donating uh, funds for that or bidding on something or, of course, the great people who uh, donated items to be auctioned off. Because when I was thinking about, um, you know, just the best moments of my Star Wars fandom, there were a lot that came up, uh, you know, when I was a kid, but that was a lot of Star Wars stuff on its own. Um, And... I wanted to put this one on the list, but it felt a little self-aggrandizing to put it as one of my top three moments. So <laughs> I, I, it felt a little uh, more natural to just say thank you to everybody. And, and even though that is not on my list, and uh, I think it, it it truly is on all of our lists and um, is a testament to, to what this fandom is capable of. So yeah. before we get into our, uh, our, our three moments, does anybody have any honorable mentions? Because I have one like honorable mention that's not clashing sabers but i do okay go for it mark i'll let you go uh well i i was wrestling with whether or not to include galaxy's edge and uh oh interesting in the three because i kind of knew what the first one was going to be and then i i've picked the second one fairly easily and then the last one well the last one i was thinking like that would be the really big one and there's been a few really big fan moments uh but I uh, ended up going with something that I felt was a little bit more in spirit of the subject uh, for this, this show. Uh, and plus, Galaxy's Edge is something that I've only done one time. And um, 
it's it's certainly made an impression, but that's something that, I, that hopefully I'll be able to do uh, in the near future um, when things get less crazy. And the the thing that I chose in its place, I think, has is a very special meaning uh, to uh, most fans. So uh, I'll save that for when we get into our countdown. Awesome. I had five that didn't make the list. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got like, we, we started asking like, what, what are your happiest memories from the star Wars world that you lived in? And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I have one for every calendar year. I've been alive at this point now. Um, I, so just to quickly rattle off some of the things that didn't quite make the cut. Um, when the revenge of the Sith trailer was released in March of 2005, you know, 137 years ago, um, I remember watching that in, in our dorm room at college with like six or seven of us crowded around this brand new website called youtube.com. Um, and for the first time we were able to watch it. Like, I think this was about the first time that trailers were like really popularized on the internet. Cause the attack of the clone ones wasn't that big of a deal. And everyone had to download the Phantom Menace one from like some sketchy, like, torrent not even torrent website but one of the whatever was before the like file sharing programs and whatnot but the moment in the revenge of the sith trailer when anakin slowly turns to face the camera revealing his sith eyes was a big deal um at that point that was really cool uh let's see i've got the when the classic saga was released on blu-ray for the first time in 2011 that was a big deal because we got a bunch of the deleted scenes we had never seen before um I remember meeting a couple 501st members at an anime convention back in the college years as well. That was really fun. Again, in like 2004, when it was a lot harder to find people who were kind of into the same things you were into, to actually meet somebody who got to be paid to wander around in a Stormtrooper costume for hours at a time was, was pretty special. It was right after they had been canonized in whatever the Timothy Zahn novel of the day was. Uh, I don't remember if it's a book named 501st, but one of those novels was the first time that they were actually included in official text and that they were all really excited about that. Yeah. There, little things, but. there, there is a book <laughs> no called five Oh first, but I don't is remember. There? Yeah, there is, but that's a, it's a part of the, um, Karen Travis, like clone trooper uh, ones. So it, it had to be these on one specifically. That well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like maybe out, not outbound flight, but uh, um, oh. what's the the Thrawn duology? I don't know what I can't remember yeah, which books are was, in there. No, it, it might have been outbound flight is two thousand six, but Survivor's Quest is two thousand four. Uh, that might I know it wasn't outbound flight because I just read outbound flight. So, oh, did you really? Yeah, it was good. I I, I love it, that book. Yeah, it was a well, good book. Okay. I, I liked it when it came out again, but. I mean, it was it was a solid it was a solid book. So, um, Adriana, do you have uh, do you have anything on your honorable mention side of things? Um, I was just gonna say any Star Wars thing that happened at D twenty three, just because um, they're more like D twenty three is like more Disney centric, so um, not necessarily like super super Star Warsy. Um, except for the year, really, that they had um, announced Galaxy's Edge and they had, like, the mock-ups up, and you could go see those. That was really cool. But, yeah, the, anything D23 is um, honorable mention just because it's not primarily the focus <laughs> of that event. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always a nice little surprise when we get, you know, Star Wars stuff. 
um, because it's like the Star Wars fans are paying attention because it's Disney, obviously, right? But we're not expecting anything, and so some, getting that's, that like Galaxy's Edge and stuff is pretty cool. Is that like an, a live event you can attend? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, oh, it's it, they actually, do it. not in 2020, but usually. No, yeah. no. Well, they wouldn't. The it wasn't this year, anyways. <laughs> it wasn't going to be this year, anyways. It was every be, two years. Yeah, every two yeah. years. Yeah, it seems like they're going to be alternating uh, celebration and D23 like uh, every other year. So I guess celebration now will be uh, even years, and D23 will be odd years. Um, is at least what I've been hearing through the grapevine. So. We'll see come, you know, 2031 or whenever we can get back to doing things in person. I know I had quite a few honorable mentions, but they didn't make the list because, I'll be honest, I kind of felt more like I was bragging just because I've been lucky enough to have been to celebrations and have had awesome fan experiences there and meeting celebrities, meeting other fans, but everything was like, you know what, this is really more about me than it is being a fan so so i had to scrap a lot of things like meeting uh, janina gavankar and her knowing who i was like you know stuff like that for as amazing of a memory as it was you know no big deal i just met Versio and she knew who i was whatever uh (laughs) but but it it didn't really speak to the fandom the way that I think a lot of other memories I have do. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing, right? Like we're focusing on like fandom um, experiences because when I think of like what makes my you know Star Wars list of like I guess memories that stand out of just you know me interacting with Star Wars, like I go back a lot to to childhood and uh, you know like there was a night when our power went out and uh, I was using a flashlight to play, you know, with my action figures on my uh, my Death Star, you know, set or whatever and look under the door after being in there for probably like an hour and a half or whatever and I noticed that the... Uh, <laughs> the the light is on so i go back out and my mom and sister are like we were wondering when you were going to come back out the power's been on for 45 minutes and i had just been playing by a flashlight with my star wars toys but it was like it was it was a good joke but it was also like so cute yeah right i was just so consumed with my shadows of the empire chewbacca and uh luke skywalker that you know they had to take down shizor so um I wanted to um, just put on the list as my list is is stuff that just stands out to me as like this was just really cool in terms of how I interacted either with uh, fans or the fandom at large, right? And so I didn't want to put anything that was too 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 clashing saber centric um, or too you know, individualized, I guess. But I did want to just mention, um, as my honorable mention, uh, is when is just meeting people who I've met on online. You know, of course, the late great Steve Kirk, uh, I got to meet, uh, which was was amazing. Um, and then, of course, getting to meet Lindsay uh, recently in person at my wedding. And then, you know, of course, 
it was on my mind a lot because we were obviously all supposed to be together uh, for celebration. And so just the idea that, um, you know, we can spend these time with people like over podcasting, over Twitter, over all these other, you know, uh, avenues that we have and then just meet them. And it's like you've known them literally your whole life. Like there was no um, getting to know you period. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's something that continually is is pretty pretty cool so drew i'm gonna send it to you first and what is your number three celebration of star wars fandom moment well it's incredibly difficult to rank these kinds of things um in some kind of fashion that makes sense so i i really just kind of put mine in chronological order because it was the easiest way i couldn't really have these kind of memories battling out for which one of these i would want to keep and then throw the other two away to a fire or something like that so back in the day um when I was, I was, had to have been about 12 years old, uh, the Smithsonian Institute had a, an exhibition called The Magic of Myth at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. Um, and it was something my dad took me to, but he misunderstood what it was and thought it was Star Trek. And he was trying to get me indoctrinated into that world. And so when we walked in and we saw giant things of the Millennium Falcon and Darth Vader's armor, he said, oh, this is not what I wanted, but I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. This is so much fun. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's it's just kind of like they have the props and all these things from the classic trilogy. Because again, in, in 99, this was kind of in the lead up to The Phantom Menace. So they're trying to re-energize uh, people's excitement by getting you into it and kind of get close to it. Oh man, it was so much fun. Um, they had where you could wander through all three movies and you kind of got to experience it in the order of the film. And y- you could really get in there and, and understand how the models worked and, and, and look at the different costumes and whatnot. And it was kind of the first time I really got involved with like the behind the scenes aspect of these films. And it kind of pushed them out of just like simple, oh, these are fun to watch to say people work really, really hard on these things and look what it does. Like look at the details on the models that you can, you're never going to see this stuff on film, but for some reason they decided to put it here anyway. And that really kind of jump started me into like reading more of the books and kind of understanding more of what was going on because it made it feel more real in some way because you kind of like got to really see it and not that you could touch anything but you could you know press your face right up against the glass and and uh really experience these things close up that was a really big deal all right so adriana throwing it to you next uh what is your your next or your top three star wars moment I'm going to have to go. It's almost chronological, too. Um, I'm going to go with the premiere of Attack of the Clones, um, just because it was, for me, the first midnight premiere I got to go to. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. I was not allowed to go to the midnight premiere of The Phantom Menace because I was too young. And my mom refused to go to see a movie at midnight. Uh, so I um I didn't I think up until that point I didn't realize the extent of the Star Wars fandom just because uh, yeah like I I have always known it existed and like I like there was all this toys and products and stuff but that was like my first real like integration into the the actual fandom itself um you know seeing all the people dressed up at midnight um being there with my brother and just just living in that moment um like i know i know exactly where i was i know every detail about that premiere 
and um I have a bad memory so <laughs> um I just that moment for me is pretty standout and I think also that's probably why I love Attack of the Clones so much is just <laughs> the feelings um that I have from that watching that movie they just they overwhelm me <laughs> that and it's a great movie so there's that also okay. which is also, important to remember is a babe <laughs> <laughs> well, go listen to the uh Go listen to the Adriana and Brandon thirst over Attack of the Clones episode on Patreon. <laughs> um, do you remember, Adriana, like hearing the seismic charge for the first time? Because that's the thing that stands out to me for Attack of the Clones. I I just remember, I just, I remember like everything. I remember everything in vivid, vivid detail, just like the opening sequence, like just everything. Um, and like I said, it, I think part of it was because that was the first time I got to do a movie midnight premiere. And it was probably like the first time I was not, I was at the movies without a parent. Uh, so everything was just super exciting. Um, yeah, I just, everything was heightened a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Did um, the audience go crazy for the Yoda Dooku fight. I mean the Yoda. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I yeah. just, it was crazy because, like, I had never been in, a, like, I had never seen a, been in a screening where people were, like, actively, like, making noise. And, like, you know, you go to the movies and, like, people oh, that's laugh awesome. you or, a good and crowd, stuff like that. Then. Yeah. And so um, when I went to go see Phantom Menace, that was, it was the day after. And it was, like, a 10 a.m. showing. Yeah, totally so, different. Yeah. So it was, like, me and my brother and my mom. And so, like, it was so exciting, but, like, you know, being in there where people were, like, shouting out and being, like, and then I was, like, oh, my God, I can make noise. I can let people know that I'm excited about this. I think that was just, like, um, for for some It's a bit of a game changer, like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, going into uh, – Attack of the Clones and even Phantom Menace, um, but Attack of the Clones stands out more of those like big reactions. Um, I think I went earlier in the release um, for Attack of the Clones, like closer to the actual release date than I did with Phantom Menace. I remember Phantom Menace, I had to wait a little while. So I think I still had those high energy crowds and it was, it was, it's something else to experience, you know? Um, like I think we got that again with Force Awakens. I remember the crowd being really into it you know uh with the millennium falcon reveal and we'll talk about that (laughs) yeah yeah so also like back then i wasn't woke (laughs) so all the all the like you know when you watch things now you're like oh that's a problem you know i didn't have that you know when i watched attack of the clones because i i didn't know you know any better and so i think like now like it's different like you can acknowledge i acknowledge that these certain things about it are problematic and and whatnot but um overall like because i didn't have those like like moments of being like oh that's problematic like i it's just um it it's it's like it's a little purer almost in a in a weird way yeah yeah because like you know watching the the new trilogy there was some stuff that um very straight away it was like oh that's a problem for me and it not to say that i didn't enjoy the movies ultimately but it kind of dampers you know Mm. um, yeah the whole viewing experience 
Yeah, for sure. I get that. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's keep trucking along. And Lindsay, sending it to you next. What is your number three moment? Yeah, my number three is not when I was a kid. Um, this was probably two, three years ago. I was in my late twenties, and I decided to have a May the Fourth party. And I don't know if maybe May the 4th just landed on a Friday that year. I don't know. But I went all out and I went to Target and Party City and got all the Star Wars decorations that you would probably get for, I don't know, a sixth birthday party. Something more age appropriate, we'll say. (laughs) But but on top of that, I thought of like every little detail, right? So I took all... All the stuff that was in my bedroom, I put it around my living room, my dining room, my kitchen. I made up uh, different cocktails for, and you know, it's all Star Wars themed. So I printed out these Star Wars menus with the different cocktails that I was making. Lindsay, Got some Lindsay, great food. I, I'm getting like really scared over here that you're going to end the story with nobody came to my party. <laughs> That's going to happen. I, I was so ready for it. I just the need to know. Quite the opposite. Know. Okay, good. I was, because right, the, is, the oh. issue is, you know, just like, I mean, still, not so much to the extent, because I think Star Wars kind of, kind of has become a cooler thing to like in mainstream media. But back then, I didn't know how into it people would get, hence the elaborate cocktails. Um, so, <laughs> but... People came and we just had the best time. It wasn't, you know, we didn't rage. We were rage and go out of control, but we all stayed up. There were probably 20, 25 people and we just stayed up all night and everyone got super into it. You know, there's fake lightsaber fights going on. We had the movies playing in the background the whole time. People were going through like the reference books and it was just a good group of people who weren't the biggest Star Wars fans ever, but everyone just came because they wanted to celebrate the greatest national holiday of all time. <laughs> and it was, it was to me, exactly what Star Wars should have been. You know, I had my siblings there. Uh, I think one of my cousins came. And then just a whole bunch of friends from different walks of life. And everyone came just, like, hit it off over Star Wars. And to me, it was such, like, a peaceful, calming moment of... This is what the fandom is supposed to be about. It's not get it going on Twitter and fighting because you don't like every single detail of the latest episode of something. It is, hey, everyone really likes these movies. Let's all celebrate it and let's just do it together. All right, you're planning my next party. <laughs> Got you. I love parties. All of our parties. <laughs> no, it was a good time. I'll send you pictures. That sounds great. I don't remember what parties are like. What are those like? <laughs> it's been so long. Those were a thing in 2019. Oh, man, the good old days. All right, Mark, give us your number three. Well, mine was also chronological, because like Drew mentioned, I, I have trouble picking one of these. Uh, so they're in no particular order, except that they're in an order now. Um, so the... <laughs> <laughs> Alphabetical. So the, the earliest one uh, is... And I've talked a little about this recently on the podcast. Um, it's just the entire that entire summer of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, going to see it for the first time. Uh, the first time I saw Star Wars, I was with my dad. The second time, I was with my dad and my baby brother. 
And then when we, when we went to see Return of the Jedi, it was the entire family. So each consecutive uh, uh, episode, there was more family involved. Uh, but this one was the one that really, uh, it really nailed my, I really became a fan watching this movie. So I mean, all the memories of seeing it, you know, in the theater for the first time, those are very crystal clear to me. Um, I became obsessed with all of the like the, the related uh, Empire toys. Uh, there was one one, one particular toy, uh, a Yoda puppet that um, I begged and begged my mom to buy me. She said she wouldn't. She said, "Well, if you save up enough money, you can buy it yourself." And then I begged her to take me to to get it, and she wouldn't. So I just decided I was going to slip my shoes on and walk to the store and get it myself. And the store was only three miles away. Um, oh my gosh. So I managed to walk the entire way. Uh, the The store was, it was, it was called Zare. And they don't have them anymore, but they were basically Targets back then. And I bought, I bought it. And then I realized I had three miles to walk back. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of freaked out. I was, I, I figured, well, I'll find a, this tells you how old I am. There were payphones back then. Um, <laughs> found a payphone, called my mom, told her I was, I was scared. I wanted her to come pick me up. She said, "You've made your bed now, lie in it." So I said, "Well, there's some, there's some scary-looking people here," <laughs> which was a total lie. But I thought, hey, I better, you know, lay it on thick. Sure enough, she, you know, a few minutes later, she was in the station wagon to come pick me up. But. <laughs> And that's just a memory that stands out is just how how much that movie got into my head like that I, I wanted to collect as much toys and I wanted to relive the movie I became obsessed with like how the stop motion of the AT-ATs was done and I figured that there has to be a camera out there that I could buy and I could be a stop motion animator if I could just figure out how they did it and this was in the days before the internet, so I couldn't just Google it and figure out how they did it. And there were no extras on a DVD that I could watch to figure out how they did it. Um, but, oh, and, and to the point of the AT-ATs, the reason why we called them AT-ATs back then was because the Kenner Toy commercial called them AT-ATs. Uh. And that's the reason we called them AT-ATs. So it's not that we just made, a, made it up. We thought we were pronouncing it the way it should be pronounced. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, the entire Empire Strikes Back uh, era, uh, the original movie in theaters was the, uh, the first and probably the, the most impactful Star Wars fandom experience that I had. Because it's what started, you know, got me started as a fan. Yeah, and I mean, you, if, if you're new to, to Clashing Sabers, go back and listen to the first uh, few episodes of Forever Star Wars because... Mark goes through his experiences there and like I would say this even if it it wasn't our show and if it was if if you weren't a friend uh but the you really do a good job of of bringing us back to that time and I I felt like even though I didn't get to you know sit in and watch the movie I did get to experience what it was like back then which is uh it, it was pretty cool because it's it's interesting to you know we look back on those times and uh, you know we are kind of I guess 
looking at it through our own point of view, you know, like <laughs> when you were telling your story, I was like, oh, so then he called an Uber. And I was like, wait, no, there was an Uber back then. <laughs> so it's it's nice to get like a, a first person perspective on um, what those experiences were like. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if um, the kids of the, the future, you know, are talking the same the way that uh, people talk about Empire and Adrian and I talk about Attack of the Clones, if they're talking about uh, like Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens in that in that same vein. So we will have to wait and see. But until then, um, I guess I'll go ahead and do mine. Um, my list actually is in chronological order purely by coincidence. Um, I didn't realize it until we started talking. So my first one is um, the going to Barnes & Noble and getting A New Dawn uh, when that released because that was... Um, really when I had started getting back into the Star Wars fandom, it was well before Clashing of Sabres or anything started. And I was just excited about the movies and I had found podcasts and um, was overwhelmed by the expanded universe and was a kind of a little nervous about getting into it because one, it wasn't going to be canon, but then two, also uh, there was just a lot. And so this was a really nice starting point. And obviously I was very excited for Rebels, um, as I've, I've talked about ad nauseum. So I still remember like holding that book in my hand, like sitting in my truck and holding it with two hands because it was just precious and I didn't want to, you know, ruin it or anything. Um, and so that was, was huge for me just because it was like, I was in the fandom now in a way that I hadn't been before. Um, and that I was, uh, I guess, committed to it uh, in a way, and just also getting to to meet the characters of Kanan and Hera um, was absolutely fantastic. So that was a that was a big experience for me was going and getting that book. And I wish Barnes and Noble was a little more reliable about getting their books out on time because then I would still be going there to get them. But until then, Amazon pre order. So, yeah. No, that was a lot of fun going to do that. Probably need to finish reading that book one of these days. Dang it, Drew. It's a good bucket list item, though. It's good I to have I remember starting it, but not really enjoying it very much. <laughs> <Ooh>. Sorry. <laughs> that Way to bring the room down. It was me being fired, so. Wow. Okay. Applications for new co-hosts can be emailed to... Well, this is that showdown. Uh, this is going to be a really awkward transition, Drew. It's time for your number two. Hey, um, that's my job making things weird. Um, <laughs> I so. hope you said the Thrawn books just to screw with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time I ever went to a Barnes and Noble and picked up the book Thrawn. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, no, uh, for me, the next one I want to talk about uh, occurred during my mm, junior year of college, and. So this is in 2004, 2005-ish. And I was, the, the guy I was rooming with was, had been a, become a very dear friend of mine, grew up in the same town as me, so I knew him beforehand. He was a couple years older than me, though. He was more friends with my brother than he was with me. But we, roomed, we ended up rooming together at college. There was a tiny little comic book store. Well, I wasn't tiny at the time. But it was one of those stores when you walked in and all you wanted to do was organize their shelves for them. Cause it was a nightmare. It was a disaster of things like 
stocks just piled up on the floor. There's boxes of stuff everywhere. Nothing's in any kind of order. You can't find anything you're looking for. And it was like this this room that went on for like 40 feet. It was, it was a big space. So he, my friend and I were just kind of perusing through it, not really looking for anything in particular because it was more like just kind of a treasure hunt. You just kind of, if you found something. And we we noticed that there's this back half of the room that's kind of closed off. It doesn't look like cl- customers are supposed to be going back there. So we were kind of like, no one's paying attention. No one's going to tell us no. So we just kind of wandered into the back half of the corner of the room, which is normally not a good thing to do in a weird, creepy store like this. So we're just kind of looking around, seeing what's what's around there. And we find this box. And inside this box, at the bottom of this box, are these packs of cards. And they're the Star Wars card game. Um, that Decipher had been putting out and had just recently closed up shop. They stopped printing new cards. They lost the license. And so the game was basically defunct at that point. And we found these packs of cards, and we were like, you know what? We've played this game for years. We love this. And we were really excited to find them. And so we took them up to the front counter, and we said, all right, we found this back there. There's no prices on it. We'll give you 20 bucks for the box. And the guy said, I don't care. Take 20 bucks." And And we bought it, and we walked out the door. Now, because we were dumb and college students, we didn't save them. We actually ripped up all the packs and had a great time. You know, we, we sorted all the cards, we looked at all the cool starships and, and tried to play the game. We weren't terribly good at it, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Well, I looked up the value of those packs today. And if we had decided not to open them and we had decided to save all those different packs, they'd be worth well over $1,000 today. No. Because they were all from the Death Star 2 set, which is one of the most highly sought-after sets to this day. It's one of the f- they, they, they printed some of the most powerful cards at the end of the run, and we're just you know ripping them open and tearing through them and, and going through them willy-nilly because we only spent 20 bucks on it. So we had a blast doing it, and we had a lot of fun. And I wouldn't change it. I would not, like, if you had a time machine, I wouldn't go back and say, hey, save all of these because they'll be worth uh, about 50 times what you paid for them in about 10, 15 years. But, man, if there's anybody out there, if you're listening and you find that there's a, a weird comic book shop that no one's really keeping a good eye on, Go digging through their back closets because you will never know what kind of treasures you will find. You'll probably find some scary things back there that you don't want to touch and you probably shouldn't tell your parents about. But you might find some hidden gemstones back there and always, always suggest to the guy, I'll just buy it for 20 bucks because you never know if it's going to work or not. Oh, it was the best. I love playing that card game. It was so much fun. I started kind of getting reinterested in it just to see. And that's how I learned that the market had so dramatically shifted. You're talking about packs of cards that if you had bought them just like from a store who knew what they had would have been $2.50. And now the same pack of cards today, because they're out of print, go for $50 and $60 a piece. So to find a box of Death Star 2 cards like we did and buy it for $20 and you look on eBay and they're like $900 and it's in terrible condition, $1,200 and it's like, you know, this isn't even a real one. It's a fake one. Oh, man, the innocence of youth and not really thinking forward was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you feel bad about about not holding on to them, but think about that guy who sold them to you for $20. Oh, he deserved it. You know, if you're the kind of person <laughs> who can't keep your, your shop in order, like, you kind of deserve to get weaseled, honestly, at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting... <laughs> interesting benchmark for someone there drew hey look organization is key to like success in in all things of life it's like organization and communication brandon that's take some notes because uh, communication key number one in the relationships 
So when you're threatening your wife about buying Baby Yoda watches and whatnot, at least you're telling her about it. <laughs> See, I could have kept it a secret. I'm even trying to be honest. Never a good idea. Not even around eight dollar <laughs> watches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adriana, what is your next one? Okay, so I know it's kind of it's almost the same kind of the same experience, but I think um, just because of my age, um, that's why I chose it. Um, basically, everything uh, leading up to the. Fo- to the force awakens and then obviously um experiencing the force awakens um because um (laughs) i i mean you know when you're a kid it's different and then like now as an adult um you know it's it's different because you didn't i didn't think that we were gonna get more and then we got more so probably it was kind of i think similar to how people who um were around for the original trilogy felt for the the prequel trilogy. Um, but really, uh, uh, I think seeing like the trailer for the first time, um, just that experience, uh, because I, I, I didn't give much thought to the trailers, like when I was younger. Um, so just that, that was really intense driving to the movie theater because, the tickets were released and I couldn't buy my ticket. So we drove, my mom drove to the, me to the theater and like me buying the tickets for the midnight showing. Um, and then, um, you know, I was already like an adult. So I had my own money to spend on things. Like I could actually buy the things that I wanted. (laughs) Um, you know, when you're like, when you're 14, you're like, mom, buy me this, this Star Wars toy, uh, no. Um, you already you have just, too many. You so. just walk and you go buy it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think just the the whole uh, The Force Awakens experience. And also, like, I know I had mentioned D23. Um, I had gone to D23 when they uh, had, uh, there was a live action panel and uh, I was in the room when, like, John Boyega came out, Daisy Ridley, and oh, um, Oscar Isaac. They were all there. And so it was, like, super, like, super exciting. And I got the poster from D23, which I still have. And and so um, it was just a fun time. And, I, and it was a good time in the fandom because, um, well, I mean, there was some negativity, but for the most part, I feel like a lot of the people that I knew and a lot of the people that I was friends with at the time and um, who I'm still friends with, like, we were all, like, super pumped about it. And I feel like, um, you know, with the the rest of the trilogy uh, that came out, there was a lot of negativity. Um, so nothing was, like, nothing really was as fun as right before The Force Awakens came out. Mm. That trailer, that introductory trailer was just... It was so good. Yeah. Oh. Like, I almost put that on my list. I almost put that on this list. <laughs> well, see, I'm glad I put it on. So, it's there yeah. for you, Drew. <laughs> oh, oh. Just the moment where they have, like, the Han and Leia theme, the kind of redone, and the Falcon swoops in, still gives me emotions. It's crazy. The upside-down shot where it tracks the Falcon up, but it's upside yep. down, and then it flips to catch up with it, oh. is still one of my favorite shots in any Star Wars movie. It's so good. 
Yeah, yeah. I remember that came out on the one that came out on Black Friday. Uh, we were with family for Thanksgiving, and um, it was actually we were with with uh, Brooks' family, and this was like. I guess the second Thanksgiving I'd spent with them. So they all knew I was like a big star Wars fan and I was like part of the family and stuff. But when everybody just gave me my space to let me just sit in the room and watch the trailer on repeat for a solid 20 minutes, I was like, they get me. I feel, I feel known. I feel understood. <laughs> and so That was a really, really cool time. Um, and I'll come back to that for a different reason later on. Also, so, also, before we move on, I just have yeah, to say, yeah. like, um, watching watching it, you know, I, I saw it multiple times. Um, so, like, the first time I saw it was at the midnight showing, and then I took um, my grandmother the, the very next day. Um, my grandma's from Guatemala, and Oscar Isaac is Guatemalan. Um, and so, like, taking my grandma to see that um, and telling her, like, hey, he's Guatemalan just, like, like you and mm. like me and like seeing her face um like like there's not there's no words to describe how something like that makes you feel um and and so it's really hard to replicate something like that um so just yeah as a, from a like a personal standpoint like you know with regarding representation and stuff like that um it 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 was a big deal for me, and um, I don't think I'll ever feel something like that really, like that again. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's a great personal Star Wars memory. Yeah, and it's—I mean, it's those unique moments that really like you know stick with us. Um, the those moments when we really feel like either we see ourselves in star wars or or somebody we're able to help somebody else see themselves you know like i know it's it's different obviously because uh, i'm not a tagruda but uh like seeing ahsoka walking away for the first time i i know it's a surprise uh my brain took like seven seconds to figure out what you were talking about it's like did I just glitch or did he just glitch? <laughs> you said a word that's supposed to mean something to you. Uh, I know little, exactly what you meant, Brandon. Thank you, Mark, for understanding me. Um, but seeing Ahsoka walking away from the Order for the first time when I was walking away from uh, what I felt like were the expectations of what I was supposed to be, right? I've talked about how that was, that's a uniquely impactful moment that as even if I talk about it, you know, I don't feel like people really understand it. Um, so although it's not the same thing, like I, I kind of think I, I can empathize with where you're coming from, Adriana, of like how it's almost, it's beyond words to have that kind of experience where, um, you're able to connect on that level that is is such a thing that words can't even encompass it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's no words. Um, it just I just hold on to it, and you know, it's it's an awesome memory that you you get to have that with you know a family member, um, and that's something really special that you'll you'll get to hold on to for a long long time, which is what Star Wars is all about. So that's awesome. Uh, Lindsay, let's go ahead and go to you for your next uh, top oh, moment. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I'll definitely just follow up that absolutely beautiful 
memory. No pressure, yeah, no pressure at all. Yeah. Um, so mine is actually. Hey, you remember that one that. time you met uh, Janina Gamatkar? <laughs> yeah, let's go back to that. Let's go. <laughs> From Citizen High to Citizen Low. Um, so, Mark, I know you had said that this was an honorable mention for you, but for me personally, Galaxy's Edge is definitely in my top three. Yeah. For I, I have. I think unique takes on it, though, too, because I went, you know, it was after my second celebration. I really, you know, at this point, the Clashing Sabres family was really a family. And I realized I was doing this weird thing where I was kind of separating my Star Wars friends and everyone else. Right. And I felt Mm. like I didn't quite mesh those two together as well as maybe I could have because I didn't think I could have. You know, I I had my Star Wars family and they really understood all of this. And then I had my real family, real life family, real life friends. And it was like the two always felt kind of separate. And then Galaxy's Edge came out and I planned a trip down with my best friend and her husband who I'm very close with. And the insane amount of love and care and detail that my best friend put in to make sure that I had the absolute perfect weekend going to Galaxy's Edge for the first time was just amazing. You know, it's it's probably one of the most loved I've ever felt in my life. And granted, you know, they wanted to do all of this too. But she kept saying, she was like, I, we have to do everything you want. We absolutely have to do everything this trip. It's going to be the best trip ever. You're going to, like, every single thing on your to-do list, we are going to make sure you do. And we went in, and I didn't feel judged at all, you know? And I I said to my family at first, like, I don't want to go with you guys. You're going to make fun of me. You're going to rush me. But we go on this trip. I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel rushed. They, They were excited about everything the way I was getting excited, too. And it was such a unique feeling to be able to cross those two things over in my life that a few months later I ended up going with uh, my twin sister because I had such a good experience with that. I was like, you know what? It is possible. You know, sure enough, my sister did the same exact thing. She embraced it. You know, she's obviously not as into it as I am, but she totally embraced it. She let me do whatever I wanted. She, took my suggestions. She tried new things. Um, so I've been to Galaxy's Edge three times now. And each time it's just amazing. And getting to go in and see other people in their element getting excited about this for all different reasons is is just really touching. You know, whether it's a little kid getting excited that Ray walked by or an adult getting excited because they can go into a Star Wars themed bar. Like, it, it really is just a real world experience that I never thought I'd get to have. You're describing like very much my experience. Like my first visit was very much like that as well. In that I was with, you know, I was with my husband who, and and my brother, who's also a star Wars fan, but my husband's not a star Wars fan. And yet the thing he told me, he said, the reason I'm looking forward to, to going with you so much is because I want to see your face when you walk in for the first time. And when you, when you have somebody in your life that is not a fan but feels that way about it, like they see the happiness it brings you, that there's nothing that can replace that. That is, 
that is as good as having best friends who are Star Wars fans because you want you just want to be with somebody that gets you you know even it if it's not is. something it's it's not something that and they necessarily are into but they get that you love it and that's all that matters and i feel like sometimes at least i'm guilty of this i don't know if you are with steve but i'm so guilty of just writing people off and not giving them the chance to show me that love yeah you know i i'm very used to i had the big brother who would make fun of me for liking this and i think that's how every single person is going to be so so i just don't necessarily lead with certain things mm-hmm. and then sure enough when people surprise me and you know your best friends they're planning this trip because they want you to be happy and they want you to have everything it's it's just like it knocks you back and you're like oh my god like the amount of love in my life is just unreal yeah i mean um I, well, just to, to real quick speak to what Mark was saying, like, that's one of the things, the one of the reasons that I haven't gone to, to Galaxy's Edge yet besides, you know, 2020, but because Brooke is like, you're not allowed to go until we can go together just because I want to see you freak out about everything. She's like, I don't care about the park at all. I just want to see you freak out about everything. I want to see you freak out about it too. Oh, I'll definitely <laughs> film it. Are you kidding me? Like, um, I'm just really sad because, like, Mark and Lindsay... And I all had tickets for yeah. the Star Wars night. Oh, I know. I was like so excited for that. I wanted oh. to. I wanted to experience that with people. Adriana, who, this is a happy episode. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to experience Rise of the Resistance <laughs> with everyone. We, we will make it happen. We will make it happen for sure. Because. We will. Lindsay, I remember that weekend uh, you like shared the the album with me and just like you were so excited texting and everything it, like you could feel even through text just how excited you were and how much fun you were having. Um, oh, yeah, you can't hide it. It's so yeah. <laughs> well, and you went first and then Mark went after, um, I think. Adriana. Then, Adriana no, eight. Adriana, did you go? You went before Mark. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I went first. I was first, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Number one. The preview day, yeah. Give the prize. Oh, that's right. Okay, my bad. I'm old. My memory. SoCal resident here. SoCal resident with a pass. Disneyland expert here. Sorry, sorry. I forgot who I was talking to. I'm going to be that person. Has anybody besides me written Rise of the Resistance? All right. I have. Okay. All right, Mark. I have as well. Okay, Lindsay, you're cool, too. Brandon, I think you're cool. Thanks, Drew. I think you're. I think you're here. So. Oh. Okay. Well, gee. Let me check LinkedIn for any new podcasts that need co-hosts. Oh man. Good times. Good times. All right, Mark, you're up. Well, I have a feeling that we're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of overlap in these because uh, mine is also Force Awakens. Um, so, Uh-oh. imagine being my age and having seen so many Star Wars movies, and yet the Force Awakens was my very first Star Wars premiere night viewing, and it was. It was. It felt like what it must have been like back in the 70s leading up to Star Wars. Now, I was too young to appreciate all the hype back then. Or I just took it for granted. Like, oh, this is what happens when a popular movie comes out. But the lead up to The Force Awakens just felt like 
another pop cultural event that only comes around once in a generation. And, you know, I decided that, you know, my brother and I, we were going to go see it on the best screen possible. We were determined to see it on an, on a real IMAX screen. We have an IMAX theater that's in Birmingham, but it's not a real IMAX screen. We wanted to see it on the five-story tall IMAX screen. Wow. And the... The closest one of those, there's, there's one in Atlanta and one in Nashville, and they're pretty much the same distance. So because I've been to the one in Atlanta, I decided, well, I've never been to the one in Nashville, so we'll try that one. And, you know, we drove up there. We were going to make it. We were going to go up there and, and check into a hotel right next to the mall and make it an overnight trip. And, you know, on the way up, we're you know, getting excited. We can't wait to see what's, what the movie has in store for us. And as soon as we get into Nashville, they had one of those freeway signs, you know, the digital signs that's over the freeway that usually tells you about traffic alerts and, and such. And it had a, the message on the sign said, not wearing your seatbelt is a path to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like looked at my brother and said, well, someone program has a Star Wars fan program that one for this weekend. <laughs> um, and I just remember like going in and seeing the movie with other Star Wars fans that was the first time that I'd ever done that. And like Adriana mentioned, it was just this sense of, like there's just a whole other energy when you see it with really dedicated Star Wars fans on opening night. It's different than when you go see it at a matinee on a Sunday a week later. Um, this had a festive atmosphere. And watching it with an audience, you know, the audience was really, really getting into it. and. The a long time ago comes up and people start cheering and I'd never experienced that before. Um, fanfare kicks in and people are losing their minds. I've like, never heard that before. Um, and I'll never forget like the one moment where I just felt like the house came down was the junk will do line. Like that, like we knew that the Falcon was in the film, but we didn't know how it was going to be introduced. And I can't think of a better way to introduce it or more crowd pleasing way to introduce it. Than that, that stands out to me as a as a really powerful moment to sort of share communally with other Star Wars fans in the theater. And then afterwards, you know, my brothers, you know, we're talking through the credits and and we start throwing things around that we noticed. And and I think that's the moment that my brother realized that I was really hardcore back into Star Wars because I mentioned <laughs> for some reason I mentioned Kyber crystals, and he goes, "How do you know about Kyber crystals?" <laughs> I said, I've been paying attention. Um, and then he stopped at one point and said, Alyssa, because he said, this music is really good. Because <laughs> we were talking over John Williams, you know, fanfare at the very end. Uh, but just that whole, that whole experience of making a special trip to go to another city to watch on opening night was, you know, just that. It's, and it's a family experience. You know, I, I'm seeing it with my brother. I've seen almost all Star Wars films with my brother. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a really special one for me. That's so cool because that I mean, Force Awakens was my first premiere night too, and um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a really cool experience. Did you did your crowd react uh, when Ray caught the the lightsaber? What was oh, the reaction yeah. like then? Yeah, every, everybody was well. See that that moment has always been a little confusing to me because I. Could figure, and the movie made no, really didn't make it a secret that she was force sensitive. That she was, you know, she was she, right. She to me that moment doesn't land as oh she's the Jedi because I kind of figured that she was, but 
Yeah, the audience definitely reacted to it. I, I don't have as strong a reaction to that moment as other people do, but you know, I I enjoy listening listening to people react positively to anything in a Star Wars movie. Um, that's one of the reasons why. Well, we won't even get into the Rise of Skywalker, but the Rise of Skywalker was a very different because I saw it in town and was not with an, a Star Wars audience, and it was just a completely different vibe than the first two films were for me. So. Um, yeah, I, uh, audience participation is a really big deal for me. Well, and I, I remember, um, that the, the crowd that I was with didn't react when she caught the lightsaber, but reacted when the, uh, the theme starts playing and she's really like it's that moment of her accepting it you know like she catches it and it's it's like it's happening to her but then the music starts happening starts playing and it's like it's happening because of her um and she's really accepting that call to adventure um and then there there was a huge reaction there so yeah those those experiences are are ones that you don't ever ever forget so um for me speaking of experiences you don't ever forget um and i did not intentionally make uh my two uh first two about rebels but it's actually uh watching rebels with my students for uh season one because um it was my first year teaching um i had no idea what i was doing so i was like i'm just going to use uh things i know and hopefully that will will help and so anytime we had like a rainy day or a recess or um we were inside for for any time that wasn't like lesson time or whatever um i would put uh put rebels up on the screen and we do lunch in the classroom sometimes and watch rebels and so basically we had uh we were all caught up together um watching it until the uh season finale um and so we get to the season finale and I'm all excited and I'm like, normally I would wait and I would watch, you know, you watch it the next day on, on Disney XD or whatever. And, um, I was like, no, I'm going to watch it live this time. So I remember, uh, watching the last five minutes of whatever show was on before it. And then the next thing I remember is waking up to the credits of the episode. And I was just so, I was so like, I cannot believe that that happened um, because I had literally been looking forward to it all day. But Adriana can attest I to. I fell asleep. Adriana can attest to what that first year teaching's like. Okay, it's not easy. It's <laughs> this hard. is the most Brandon story I've ever heard. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Hard. No, listen. I do not fault Brandon because I don't. I may. I don't know about Brandon, but like my first year of teaching, all I did was cry. <laughs> <laughs> all I did was cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I slept instead of crying. But, but so I go into school the next day, and of course, you know, all my kids are like, "Oh my god, did you see it? Did you see it?" And some kids had seen it, some kids hadn't. And I, I literally was like, "I will write you up if you tell me anything that happened." Like, do not. I'm not even kidding. And so uh, we, we we did a lunch in the classroom um, and all watched it together. And I mean, just the the whole experience was so cool because it's like it was it was like being in a theater because you you know you have ten year old kids so they 
they're in a crowd, they're reacting to everything. Um, and I remember that moment that you hear Vader's breath, just everybody lost their mind, even the kids that weren't Star Wars fans. But of course, the ones that were Star Wars fans are like jumping out of their seat and just like absolutely losing it. And obviously, like we had been we had been talking about Star Wars and I had been using Star Wars to teach. So everybody had some familiarity with like the property. Um, but just that to see the kids react that way and to at the same time, see it for myself because rebels was obviously something that i really was enjoying a lot um but then also to see it through the eyes of the kids uh was just it was super cool um and it it was it was a high that you know you expect to only get when you go to like a movie premiere or you know something like a galaxy's edge for the first time or a celebration for the first time and just to have that experience on a random you know wednesday or whatever day it was um it was just something that that i always look back on with a lot of uh fondness and um appreciation for just kind of where i was at in my life and and how everything had played out and honestly for falling asleep because it wouldn't have been the same if if i had watched it the night before um because i i would have known what was coming and so yeah, it was just a really, really cool experience. And I think there's just something, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily teach uh, Star Wars with my kiddos because they're um, they're special ed. So um, I think it's sometimes it's just a little bit too much. But, you know, I have like the stuff in my class, um, you know, I have like I, I had I don't it's not there anymore because I'm not there. Um, but like um like my figurines and my toys that I would like have in my class to share, like my kids would ask me about it and like they would want to know about it. And so just, you know, like talking to a little kid about star Wars is just it, like there, it, it fills your heart like with joy. Um, just, you know, little kids in star Wars, it's, there's just no words. <laughs> oh, for sure. I have a, uh, the teacher next door to me this year, um, her daughter is there after school every day and she's in, uh, I think she's in first grade. And I told this story on, uh, I think on don't burn the sacred text, but she came in one, uh, one day and uh, you know, my room's all star Wars and everything. And she goes, have you seen fake star Wars? And I was like, oh, yeah. what are you talking about? And, uh, we went back and forth and I'm trying to figure out if she's talking about Phineas Ferb, Phineas and Ferb, or like, I was like, I don't think her mom would have let her watch robot chicken or family guy or anything like that. So I don't know where, and she sees a picture of Ahsoka and goes, Oh, she's in fake star Wars. And so I obviously knew she was talking about, uh, it was a rebels picture of Ahsoka. And so she was talking about clone wars and rebels and, Anyway, so she, she, you know, obviously my room has like a ton of Baby Yoda stuff this year, as I've talked about, and she loves Baby Yoda. And so um, she came in the other day with uh, Baby Yoda pants and shirt on, just so proud of herself, um, just like strut. And this is, I mean, this is a girl who like, she's, she's uh, extroverted as can get and um, just very you know she's one of those kids that's very um showy and look at me and stuff like that um but it was just so funny and then so i was like all right i uh i had some baby yoda stickers left over from last year that i hadn't used 
And so I had them in my bag and, uh, or I put them in my bag the night before. And the next day she comes in and she's like, can I take Buzz? Do you have his leash? And so I pull I go to, in my bag to get his leash and I'm like, oh, oh, what are these? And I pull out the Baby Yoda stickers real quick and she just goes, I want them. Like, just like that. Like, no, no, may I please have one? No, none of that. And I go, yes, I brought them for you. And she gave me the most genuine hug uh, that you could ever imagine. And it was just really sweet. And so experiencing Star Wars with other people is great, um, just in general. But getting to experience it, uh, you know, through the eyes of a child who looks at this story either for, for comfort or excitement or connection with something bigger than themselves is is something really, really cool. Brandon, do you have a wall of, like, Star Wars art that kids make for you? I do. Um, I, I have a wall of, like, Baby Yoda art. Like, kids know that. Like, and this is, like, from kids in other classes um, because they know I love Baby Yoda. So, like, I, I have, like, slowly started amassing <laughs> a wall of kids art that is like star wars and specifically baby yoda and it's my favorite thing in my class <laughs> i get little like odds and ends things from kids like all uh, somebody one of the kid found out i liked ahsoka so he gave me an old like taco bell ahsoka toy um and i've gotten like <laughs> A general grievous. No, it was really cool. I've gotten like a general grievous and sometimes I'll get like just anything that they can, you know, share with me. Um, you know, I've just gotten little odds and ends things, not so much art or anything like that. But um, and then, you know, especially in elementary school, of course, I was the Star Wars teacher. So um, it's not so much in middle school, um, but my room is still Star Wars. And so, yeah. Alrighty, it's time, guys. Let's go to our greatest Star Wars fandom moment of all time, or whatever the most recent one was. Drew, <laughs> you're up first. Okay. Well, if we haven't talked about the Force Awakens enough, uh, hey, uh, Drew. By the way, hey, did I? Yeah. Have, yeah. I, have I told you lately you're a great guy? Oh, bless you. Let me scratch out my number one and change it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> No, when you were talking about the Ahsoka toy from Taco Bell, it reminded me of like all the terrible Jar Jar Binks toys that came out from Taco Bell in, when Phantom Menace came out, because Jar Jar was going to be the next big thing. And I remember having the giant... It was like his upper half of his body with his arms stretched out, looking straight up, and you sucked the straw down his throat to get it into the cup. <laughs> Yo, the comic book store in Houston has those like tops for, for the cups. Oh for like... 20 to $30 a pop. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I, I can't really... It's hard for me to wrap my brain around the terrible level of, like, merchandising quality that's out there that people are like, here, I saw this and thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's cute when it's coming from a kid, but, like, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to find one of those old Jar Jar uh, lollipops where it opens, his mouth opens up and the tongue sticks up and that's the <laughs> lollipop you have to... Oh, oh God. Yes! <laughs> That was the first thing I thought of. That's we should all so just sad. get that for for celebration 2022 oh, and just walk, walk around. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's do that. Okay, so so saying uh, on topic, on topic. Force Awakens. Um, it's been mentioned a number of times, and I I'm starting to find out that's pretty imp- interesting. Like connection that everybody has, especially around this movie in particular. Um, when it came out up here, there were a number of theaters. There were only two theaters in the entire state 
that were airing the entire marathon all the way up. It started at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, they ran they ran um, in episodic order rather than in chronological order. So I was like, all right, whatever. So we started with The Phantom Menace at 3.30 in the morning. Now, I like movies and I like Star Wars pretty good, but 3.30 in the morning is tough for anything. Um, uh-huh. But not as tough as watching Attack of the Clones at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was so much fun to get there to the theater. I, it, like, I had done midnight shows before. I, I remember going to the midnight show for Attack of the Clones for um, Revenge of the Sith, all the Lord of the Rings movies, a number, almost all the Harry Potter, well, the back half of the Harry Potter collection. Um, I remember seeing most of those at the 12 o'clock show. But I had never gotten up and, and gone to a movie theater at 3 o'clock in the morning before and tried to watch, what was it? It went, I think Force Awakens would would start at 7 or maybe eight o'clock at Ooh, night. Boy, <laughs> so it was a long day, and so I had found out that this was happening, and I told my my wife about. It. I said this would be so much fun to do. Wouldn't this be amazing? This would be ridiculous. And she gave me that look of, <laughs> I don't know who you are right now, but get out of my house. Um, she was not thrilled, but I kind of put. I was like, you know, it'd be fun, but it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know that I could do it. And she said, Well, you have to do it. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean I have to do it? It's like, well, they're never going to do this again. Like, you've got to make sure you go and experience these one-of-a-lifetime events. So it's like, yeah, but I don't really want to go by myself and just kind of like sit in a theater with 150 really strange people who would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because if I'm going to do it, I'm pretty – I like to think of myself as a relatively normal guy. I know the kinds of people who are going to be at this, this showing, okay? And she was like, well, I'll go with you. I was like – what do you mean you're going to go with me? She volunteered to come for at least starting at a new hope. We started at a more human hour, somewhere closer to lunchtime. And it was a lot of fun for her to come. And, and like Mark, like you were saying, you go and see all of these with your brother and Lindsay, you're telling the story about how everyone made sure that your galaxy's edge experience was exactly the way you wanted it. And it's more about who you're with almost more than what you're actually doing. So it was really special that she wanted to come and share at least the good movies uh, together and watch hey. all of those together. <laughs> I know what you did there. You slipped that in, really. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of. I was gonna go subtle. right past it too. <laughs> so it was just really special it, to have a moment like that where she was willing to come alongside. I know she doesn't care about these things. She thinks it's pretty ridiculous, and that's fine. And, and she, but she enjoys Yoda. She thinks he's fun, and she wanted to come and do the ones leading up to it because she had probably hadn't seen these movies. You know, since the very first time she saw them, whenever that was. I don't even know when that was. She may have never even stayed awake through all of them until I made her sit in the dark theater and watch them all back to back like that. So to have that kind of experience and then going into The Force Awakens, which you want to talk about an active crowd, these guys cheered at everything that happened. And it was so much fun. Every time a legacy character was revealed, everybody stood up and cheered, you know. You know, when Leia is revealed and then she's interrupted by 3PO, everybody reacted appropriately. When the, the, the sheet is literally pulled off of R2-D2, everybody lost their minds. Um, Mark, I don't know what was wrong with your theater because when, when Ray catches Anakin's saber, everyone was jumping up and down. And then she's, you know, she turns it on and strikes the pose. And, you know, it was just pandemonium. It was so exciting to have something so so wonderful that we all got to kind of do together in a collective environment of people who all wanted to be there and experiencing it the same way. Um, this was the same group of crowd that kind of laughed and made fun of every, when uh, Luke and Leia turned out to be sis- brother and sister. That was kind of weird, especially after what we just saw in uh, Empire Strikes Back, but whatever. 
But it was just the the most amazing thing to kind of get when the whole saga gets reinvigorated when the Force Awakens comes out. I mean, it's so far been mentioned in uh, just about everybody's top three so far, and some of you guys. One, two, three of you have it at your number two. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens into your number one slots because this is going to go down as probably my favorite you know, Star Wars day uh, thus far. Last Jedi was great. A lot of good memories around that one. Um, Rise of Skywalker was a lot of fun for other things too as well. Like it was the first time I brought my kids to see a movie um, that I wanted to actually see in the movie theater. We didn't, it wasn't a kid's movie we were going to watch, so it was a lot of fun to bring them. But nothing's going to top uh, watching Star Wars, all all seven of those films back to back, and then having my wife watch the last four of them with me. That's going to be it. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and continue on with our number ones, sending it to Adriana. I feel like this is not going to be a surprise to anybody, but uh, the Baby Yoda reveal. Uh, <laughs> because prior to that, like if, especially if you're on Twitter, um, social media is sure something uh there's a lot of negativity there was a lot of negativity <laughs> um just regarding like literally like the last jedi the rise of skywalker so much negativity for everything and um well actually not the rise of skywalker because that came out after but um you know s- still for the last jedi and just a lot of negativity in general and so i th- i feel like baby the baby yoda reveal was like the one, the one pure thing uh, that every single fan fan of Star Wars, and that, like people who are not even fans of Star Wars, like everybody loves Baby Yoda. Um, mm. I have not met one single person who who has said otherwise. Um, and we don't, don't want to meet those people, do no. we? No, <laughs> no, we don't need no. those people. No, no. but and, and like and like too recently, like there's been so much like. Um, stuff that's been getting leaked and it's kind of being like been disappointing because like Star Wars will come out with it like a week later and I'm already like well I'm not excited about it because I already know Um, and so I feel like collectively as a whole unit like the, the, the way they were able to keep that under wraps and like we all got to experience Baby Yoda and like none of us had a clue um it, it was so pure. It was like the best, uh, at least on Twitter um, <laughs> and like Facebook and stuff. Um, it was just a good, good time uh, to be on uh, in the fandom. Like there was, I at that time, no negativity at all. And it was just fun. And then the memes and then the merch <laughs> and Baby Yoda is just the best. <laughs> It is well, amazing it, that that was never. Like, yeah, spoiled. I don't know how they did it. It's well, and think about how many people knew. Like, it's not like it's not like uh, you know the "I am your father" thing where like three people knew. Like, y- you look at the uh, the gallery, and a ton of people worked on making the animatronic. You had the artist. You had uh, you know, like we talked with Misty Rosas, and everybody was was wanting to play with baby Yoda on set. Like it wasn't like he was kept, I guess, you know, under wrap from people who were a part of making the show. But I think everybody recognized what a big deal he was going to be. Maybe not this big of a deal, but realized, you know, how important he was going to be and how important that reveal was going to be. And just like 
really got behind the uh, the art of it, and and I think I think you're totally right. I think this is one of the very few times where everyone knew undeniably that they had something big here. Yeah, I mean, and and the fandom recognized that too, right? Like even ar- around the Mandalorian in, in general, there's so little negativity going on. Like there's you know we look at certain episodes and we're like that's not our favorite but everything else is just so good and there was so much goodwill i think that came with that reveal of baby yoda um that it just it it was a game changer you know um and it felt a little like the hype around the force awakens before like when people were just so jazzed up about it that it was just there was just this pervasive sense of optimism that Mm that I hadn't experienced until The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian came along and it was like, oh, so we actually can enjoy Star Wars? (laughs) It is possible for us to all enjoy something? Well, and it was one of the first times, like, I can remember, you know, friends of mine who are not big into Star Wars actively, like, pursuing... Um, getting a subscription to be able to watch it or, um, you know, asking me for context of, like, what was the galaxy like at that time for reference. And, you know, people who are are not into Star Wars um, actually getting into the series, not just, you know, going to the theater and seeing it, which is fine, but, um, you know, being invested in in it kind of in the way we are maybe not to the extent we are where we're looking at you know leaks or whatever but looking forward to the premiere dates you know uh waking up early to watch the episodes um being intentional about not spoiling things for each other it's it was is really cool and uh I, I told steve that it was this you think about it watching this thing take off with baby yoda it's kind of like if you'd been around to see Bugs Bunny in the beginning or Snoopy mm. in the beginning, like when they became these cultural icons, Baby Yoda's not going anywhere. You, no. Baby Yoda is no. going to be in the culture for the next 30 years. I mean, he is the new Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse or whatever. He's that new character. I love him. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I, like, I've gotten into, like, arguments because, um, like... Because I you wanted a Baby Yoda watch? I, I, just, I know. I know I the struggle. I all the things, all the things with Baby Yoda, and the amount of times I've heard, you don't need a Baby Yoda on everything. And I'm like, yes, I do. I absolutely 100% do need a Baby Yoda on everything. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I, I and like I said, like I, I feel like like it was just such a good fun time. Like there was no negativity, um, and like I know like with the Force Awakens, like oh there was no negativity, but there kind of was, you know, when people were like, there was John Boyega of, yeah. is a black stormtrooper that and you know being like super racist. Uh, so that was kind of you know, but nothing. There was like nothing. Not I. Well, and even if you look at like like just the the reaction to the story it took like maybe a week for the uh you know the force awakens is just a retread of the of a new hope stuff to yeah, start coming out exactly and like i said like even now 
you know, the episode on Tatooine is probably like, you know, general consensus would be it's the least favorite episode, but people aren't like, you know, actively campaigning against it or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, but have you seen episode seven and eight? (laughs) Um, Episode five dot com isn't a registered domain yet. Ooh, that's the brand (laughs) right there. Um, Let me check it with my friends and remake the last. And, and, <laughs> and like I said, like I have met people that you don't watch The Mandalorian, and they are like, "Oh, Baby Yoda's so cute," you know, and and like they there's so many people that like come to me and they're like, they show me like they send me stuff like, "Hey, did you know about this?" Because they know that I love him, and so like the the you know like people just contributing. Enabling me, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, like, I literally just got, like, sent um, a text that Coles has a Baby Yoda onesie for sale. So, like, as soon as this episode is done, um, I'm about to go shopping on Coles.com for that. But, like, <laughs> but it's, it's, like, I feel like I haven't lived through a phenomenon quite like baby Yoda before. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. It, mean, it, it, it's, it's because it's, it's something that is bigger. Not, it's not bigger than star Wars, but baby Yoda is, you know, kind of like Mark pointed out, he's like important to the culture be besides just being a part of star Wars, you know, where it's kind of like the same thing. Like Mickey mouse is important to the culture, uh, you know, is an icon even outside of Disney bugs bunny. You know, when you think of bugs bunny, you don't think of Warner brothers or Looney tunes. You think of bugs bunny. And I think the same thing is kind of happening with baby Yoda where, you know, the you know yes the show's coming out again in october but you know the the show hasn't you know been on since you know the whole pandemic and everything like that and what do you see for back to school stuff baby yoda you know you don't see you don't see rise of skywalker no knock on that you don't see you know ot stuff or prequel stuff or even other mandalorian stuff you see baby yoda stuff um you know yeah, and, and that's what people are getting excited about and i think too like the the fact that we had to wait for the merchandising because they didn't want to spoil it you know what i mean so having to like pre-order like pre-ordering this stuff and like you know getting like the shipment notifications for when your baby yoda is going to ship like going to ship like having to like log in to build a bear at exactly a certain amount at exactly 10 o'clock in the morning so that you could get it before it sold out and you had to wait for the restock because uh, I definitely had to wait for the restock and I was pissed <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's an event on Twitter too when people start getting theirs like you yeah. you it it, it becomes and, a thing on the Twitter feeds so. and the whole the whole like culture of like people like taking their baby Yodas like dressing them up and and like taking them with that you know and like I saw some of that like some people are like making fun of it but to me like like it's like you know we're stuck in this quarantine like we have nothing we have no joy like let people have this um you know what i mean so like <laughs> me i bought clothes for my baby yoda because everybody else is doing it i want to do it too and it, you know seeing everybody's baby yoda's dressed up like it's so cute and so I don't know. It's just, yeah, I feel like there's, there's just something like, I mean, I don't know, like with Mickey Mouse, like you can just 
buy like you can get it anywhere and there's so much merch and i was not around when mickey mouse you know was first invented so that's why i say i feel like as far as like a cultural phenomenon i think um i've never lived through something quite like baby yoda (laughs) ever the only thing i can compare to was bart simpson back in the 90s i do remember how like that just exploded and the simpsons were everywhere yeah this feels like that that did back then I was trying to think of like what's the equivalent to the past thirty years, like something like that. That's a, that might be the answer. Interesting. Baby Yoda, man, everywhere, everywhere, all the time. I love it. Uh, Lindsay, you have to now not just follow a great memory; you have to follow Baby Yoda. So you're welcome. Let's just stop the episode right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna Pretty go. Much. Yeah, we'll we'll see you later. Yeah. Night, guys. Uh, no, my number one is it is from Celebration Chicago, and it was, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the night the Rise of Skywalker trailer came out, and everyone was obviously all abuzz, just talking about that, throwing ideas around. But what I'll always remember is this isn't even just like one of my best Star Wars memories. This was honestly one of the best nights i think i've ever had um i went with ez over from hyperspace hangouts and fogel from contingency plan and we went to what was slated as a podcast meetup right and it, it was a really good time we go to the bar it was at we're talking to a few different people we're meeting up with some other you know friends that we had wanted to see and it was a really good time One thing kind of just led to another, though, and we ended up outside, you know, and it's Chicago in April, so there were, you know, maybe 25, 30 degrees outside, but they had these kind of bonfire tables set up, and we just sit down with these people that we had never met before and just start chatting right Mm. we are talking about the rise of skywalker trailer we're throwing ideas around and finally someone goes well we're all podcasters so what turned out to be sammy b from sith talk um pulls out his equipment and we just recorded this conversation for hours but it was just this amazing night of a genuine connection with all these guys who i had never met before but everyone was so open-minded and so interested in other people's ideas. And it truly was just like a, you know, no one was trying to prove that they were a bigger fan than anyone else. No one was trying to shoot down anyone else's ideas or theories. It really was just throw your ideas out there. Let's play around with them. Let's see what would work. Let's really have fun. And they've ended up being some of my closest friends. You know, that was the night I met Zach and Sam, who are, you know, I, I just absolutely adore those guys. And I talk to them all the time now. But it came from a night of, we're all here to talk about Star Wars. Let's do it in the most positive way possible. And let's actually make genuine connections with people. And then we were able to, over the you know over the course of the past year and a half actually follow through on those connections and have become Mm. a good group of friends so for me that is again not just a great star wars memory but it is what the fandom should be isn't that where you met bill 
from Happy Beeps? Yes. Uh, not not that night. I met Bill at Celebration, but not that night. God, I want to go to Celebration so bad. <laughs> I don't want to say that sounds like a lot of fun. I, it is pretty. It was unbelievable. I just I I didn't go. Um, but just the general, I feel like the general consensus on Twitter, um, just from the people I follow who were there, was that. Um, Chicago celebration as a whole was just full of so much positive energy and it was just a, like a really um, positive event um, considering oh like, it, it really was yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I was uh, I was down on the floor near the, the the Star Wars live stage when the trailer premiered and you know, when you're kind of there with like just the people that are in your immediate space around you, you think, okay, there's a lot of people around me. It wasn't until I saw the video, that really famous video that everybody was watching of like the showing the floor crowd react to the, to the title reveal that I had a sense of just how packed uh, that area was. And like there were literally thousands of people cl- clustered together to watch that trailer. And that that was like you know just off the charts like I, I was saying before like anytime you do anything that's communal with other star wars fans and you're all coming from a place of wanting to just have a great time um that's what makes the, these premiere nights and and celebration so special and forgive me brandon but i'm kind of transitioning into my own number one because that's pretty much what mine is like my number one fan experience has been going being able to go to celebration uh the number the first one was 2017 and in orlando that was uh leading up to the force uh the last jedi and it was the very first time that i did a convention of that size before now i had done star trek conventions way back when in the 90s, um, those were much, much smaller and much more, you know, laid back, I guess you could say. Um, I'd never done anything on the scope of, um, like, a San Diego Comic-Con or anything like Celebration before. And I just, I just could not get over how, like, you hear people say, it's just, it's just a completely different atmosphere to just be surrounded by everyone who loves Star Wars. It just, it's just the positivity is just infectious. It really is true. When you do go, and you guys will be able to go, and we'll be able to go together, um, you're exhausted, you're tired, you stand in so many lines. There are times when the organization is not great, the crowd moving is not great, but the just overwhelming sense of, oh my God, I'm with my people. That feeling just pervades the entire weekend. And when it's over, you miss it. Like, really miss it. And, you know, even though I was really exhausted by my first celebration, it only took a few weeks before I was like, oh, yeah, I want to definitely do that again. <laughs> so I was immediately <laughs> thinking about the next one. Oh, yeah, let's just go to, let's go to Chicago. Um, I'm hooked on it. I'm absolutely hooked on it. Uh, so, you know, this was, this episode was kind of a commiserate, you know, we didn't get a celebration, so let's celebrate our love for Star Wars. So I think it's fitting to talk about it because it really, there is nothing that can replace it. There's, there's no other experience that you can have 
and I want that so bad for our entire group. I just don't know. I just cannot think of anything else but all of us being in the same place at the same time, meeting for the first time, and finally getting to be in that environment. Like that's something I'm really looking forward to. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be worth the wait, even though the wait is gonna be very long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, 2020 is almost over. God, we can only hope. It feels like it's 2021 to go through. Mm. All right. Well, eventually. So kind of to, to round it out, I I think I kind of come down in a similar place in terms of just, um, experiences that were, were unique and special. Um, you know, like, the the bonfire was for Lindsay and like going to celebration was for the first time for Mark. For me, it was uh, seeing Last Jedi for the first time um, because as much as we've talked about how awesome the trailers were for Force Awakens and everything, um, the trailers for Rogue One obviously had a lot of stuff that wasn't in there. And I just realized that the moments in the movie that I saw in the trailers, I was getting taken out of the movie and uh, being like, oh, that was the shot from the trailer where, or that was where, you know, they made all these memes or whatever. And so Last Jedi, I went in blind. Um, I saw the original teaser trailer um, just because I wanted to kind of have an idea of what the visual style was going to be like. And I saw a couple pictures from the full trailer on Twitter, but uh, scrolled past those pretty quickly. And so I didn't, and I, I didn't have any context or anything for them. So going into the last Jedi for the first time, uh, was, was a really great experience because I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and, and I've talked about how much I love that story, um, ad nauseum, but just the, the ups and downs of, uh, you know, Ray and Kylo fighting together um, and the Haldo maneuver. And something that was really special about it was, uh, you know, getting to go with Brooke. And uh, we had gone to Rogue One together. Um, that was our first one that we went to together. But it was different for, for episode eight because it was a saga film, you know? Um, there was just something next level about it and so also that was when when we had already started doing clashing sabers and everything and i just remember getting out of the theater and just texting you guys and being like this was before we had even started the podcast being like oh my god we have so much to write about um (laughs) but just having you know my people um both in in my personal life uh, you know and and my uh you know star wars life to connect with uh, over this movie uh, was something really special, and the ride that it took us on took us on was something that uh, honestly it's a it's a high I've been looking for in movies ever since. Um, I know even moments that like other people didn't don't really like, like the Leia scene uh, flying through space. I absolutely loved because 
it was soon after my grandma had passed and Carrie Fisher had passed around the same time. And I thought that's how they were going to kill off Leia. And so I was just an emotional wreck. And my, my wife, you know, girlfriend at the time, she just reached over and grabbed my hand because she could tell that, like, what I was feeling. And so just there were moments like that throughout the whole film that just really stood out to me um, just personally story-wise and the overall experience uh and excitement that i think we all had around just what that movie was saying um and and how deep it was uh for us to all dig into that you know we're still continuing to talk about whereas and, and this is not a knock on it i don't think force awakens necessarily had that you know um the the excitement was all before. Um, and even though, you know, of course there are the TLJ haters and everything like that, but the conversation that's actually happening around the film, um, and about, you know, the, the story itself, I feel like is something that still is continuing on today. And it's just, it gives me a lot of hope for future star Wars stories, um, that they'll continue to go in that, that direction of hopefully, taking those risks and making those kinds of films that we don't expect because those moments are, are what really stand out um, when we go to the theater and have those experiences. So for Force Awakens, I had gone by myself because um, Brooke and I had just started dating and everything. And, and so it was, it was special getting to go see episode eight with somebody I really cared for and then get to talk about it right after with a bunch of people that I really care for. So that was uh, a very important moment in my fandom and, and my, I guess, my favorite fandom moment. Wow. Yeah, the, that the not thing what that, I thought it was going to be. The thing that stood out to me about The Last Jedi was that as, as contentious as that conversation was online afterwards, um, among our group here, it felt like we were really more or less on the same page about it and I think we it generated so many interesting conversations and articles and episodes because we were kind of energized by it like it yeah you know we were it sounded like you know the, the movie wasn't apparently wasn't made for everyone because it didn't appeal to everyone but man did it appeal to us <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was made for us like we like it was just our meat and potatoes like we could just oh, dig yeah. into it and and, and pull out the themes and the symbolism and talk about the, you know, just analyze it to death, which is what yeah. we've done. We really, I mean, it really, honestly, like, it was a major, I think a major spark for us uh, just really figuring out, like, what our, I guess, brand was going to be, you know, because there was all that depth that we could dig into, um, and then also it was building on The Force Awakens, so we had more context for that and everything. Um, and it led to, you know, us continuing to, to grow and add on new shows and being able to bring in Adriana and our family growing. And it's just been, I feel like that was kind of a launching point for just everything that uh, the people that I have become friends with, um, and the, the section of fandom that I've kind of found myself in. Um, and then also just, you know, for us kind of 
like you said, Mark, it was like our jam. It was our meat and potatoes. And we both, you know, had conversations through articles and episodes, but then just like texting constantly. Like I remember texting so many times that weekend because (laughs) it came out on Thursday at seven and then I had taken the Friday off. So I saw it twice on Friday and then on Saturday and Sunday. And Lindsay, I think, had seen it like 47 times or something by then. (laughs) So we had a lot to talk about. I I think I I I I might be rounding down. down. I flew down to Florida to meet up with some friends who I met at Celebration Orlando, and we could all see it together in downtown Disney. So over the course of those few days, yeah, it was a lot. I saw it a lot. But I remember sitting in the airport getting ready to go home. And, you know, it was earlier in the morning. And, Brandon, I just remember sitting in the Orlando airport and just going back and forth with you for, like, an hour about all the different ideas that we had. And they weren't full-fleshed ideas yet. They were like, let's do an episode about this. Let's do articles about this. Oh, my God, I can't wait to, to dive into this topic. But it was... It was just this incredible brainstorming session of just all of the things that piqued our interest in that movie. We didn't even have time to go into details yet, but it was a litany of things that piqued our interest. Yeah. It was a a lot of fun. Because I just realized, Lindsay, that you and my brother have breathed the same movie theater air because my brother watched uh, The Last (laughs) Jedi in Orlando in downtown Disney. Damn. (laughs) What could have been? What, could what a have horrifying been? thought these COVID days. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, that that awkward point is a good place to end it. Drew, did you have one more thing you wanted to, to uh, drop in there? I was going to. I remember watching it twice in the theater. That was the. I could only get around to seeing it two times, and I remember. The second time, I went with a very, very close and personal friend of mine, and and I, I brought my kids with me, and he had brought his kids with him, and we all kind of sat in the same room, but I sat next to him, and the kids were off in a different part of the theater, because I didn't want to have to listen to them talk through the whole thing. <laughs> and I remember, like, absolutely losing it when Luke died, and I'm, like, sitting there, like, melting in my seat and crying, and he looks at me like... Oh crap! What have I done? Why am I friends with this person? I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's okay. Hey, that was a legit tough moment. Like, oh, it was not good. <laughs> I, I think if I hadn't already been so exhausted from Leia and Haldo and the almost Raylo that wasn't Raylo that was Raylo that wasn't Raylo, uh, whole thing. Oh, I cried at Yoda. I cried. Yoda. Oh my god. I cried at Luke saying goodbye to Yoda's Leia. In the There's yeah, so much, guys. So First much. Star There's Wars so movie that made me cry. <sighs> so good. Um, no, I when 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 Return of the Jedi came out for the special editions back in the late '90s. That got me for some reason. I don't. I think I was only like because that was in like what ninety seven. Yeah, I'd have been twelve years yeah. old. There's something about the way when Vader died, and the little little strings just plucked out the theme, his, you know, the Vader theme very light. Oh, it's very yes. sad. I just yes. never cried during. I remember those getting weepy in the theater. The, the animated stuff makes me more prone yeah. to cry. Really? Than yeah. The, than the films. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm like the what? What's an example of that? <laughs> 
Um, Tell me well, your deepest emotions. Go. <laughs> mm. I I feel like the hardest I've cried for anything is when Kanan died. Oh, why? Wow. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I cried if really bad. If that hadn't and been then, spoiled then, like, for me, maybe, yeah. And then, like, season seven, that last, the last episode of Clone Wars, like, that one made me hella cry. <laughs> like... Also, can we just go back to Drew's comment? If it hadn't been spoiled for him as though he just watched it 24 hours after it aired and someone on Twitter... (laughs) Dude, when you wait years to watch something, it's gonna be spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not complaining about that. I'm not saying how dare someone say that. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have been following Freddie Prinze Jr. on Twitter where he kept going thoughts of a a hashtag thoughts of dead Jedi. I was like... This means something. I probably don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all knew it was inevitable, but like just the way it happened. I think. Oh, the way yeah. it happened. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember that day. Like I was, I was not able to function normally. Like because it came out in the morning, and people were like, "How are you?" And, and you know, like just a regular old "How are you?" Not like a "How are you?" But like there's like, "Hey, how are you?" I'm like. I'm emotional over an animated character's death. <laughs> That's not where my day's at. Not good. Yeah, not doing great. And I literally, like, I... That so this is a Wendy's pull for me. <laughs> 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 uh, it was Dude, tough. He, he, it was he, tough. Can't, he can't see through the, through the whole season, and then he sees her at the end. Uh, it's like, man, jeez. Careful, you don't want to spoil it for someone it. who waited seven years. Well, hey, hey, <laughs> I take that very personally. <laughs> Good stuff. Star Wars is great. Star Wars is great. And we will continue celebrating uh, our love for Star Wars, analyzing Star Wars, digging into it, uh, all that good stuff here at Clashing Sabers. And uh, Celebration 2022 will be here before we know it. But until then, you can continue to hang out with us on Twitter at Clashing Sabers. Uh, send us your uh, top fandom moments there or on our email at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. Already mentioned the Patreon and all of that good stuff. And, of course, our Facebook group, which is Clashing Sabers Star Wars, where we will post the uh, Dragon Feed quiz or uh, Dragon Con quiz in the feed. And we can all kind of share how terribly we do at it. So if people want to uh, to find you, Drew, whether it's on the Facebook group or elsewhere, where can they do that? Uh, Facebook group is a good place to do that. Um, also on Twitter at the Drew Brett, you can find me there. Awesome. And Lindsay, if they want to hear about your next episode of Sith Talk or anything else that you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, find me also over on the Facebook page, the Patreon page, or Twitter at the Lady of Lore. And Mark, you want to tell them what you have coming up on Forever Star Wars? Uh, it's going to be, uh, I'm not going to be specific, but it's going to be a tra- another travel log. I'm going to take you to a, a, a planet. Nice. And if they want to hear about the release for that, you are on Twitter at DJM Markey. That's it. All right. And Adriana, tell us what's coming up on Starships. Outside Ambien. <laughs> Hello? Hey, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um... I had to refresh again. I don't know why. Um, uh, I have some episodes. I've been really bad at editing. 
but um, I have one with Lindsay. That's going to be really fun. Or maybe Ooh. annoying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be it's super fun. Um, that one's the next one. And then you can find me um, on Twitter and at, on Instagram at Celestial Intent. All right. And until next time, make sure you remember Star Wars is about a lot of things, but the most important thing it is about is Batch 8. Hi-ho. 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 You know, we had a nice little chorus there. It was kind of like a nice like call and response. It's like a little round, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Row, row, I waited until everybody finished and just did what they did. <laughs> nice. That, uh, that's always a foolproof plan, Mark. That never is going to get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, following the crowd always works well in the end. The podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just used it for informational and educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here.